Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Everyone calling a fantasy football podcast brought to you by Baking.com. I am your humble host, the consummate professional, the provider for the people of what they want, number one advocate for the trade Gronk movement, and one said Alvin Kamara wasn't worth the first round pick. Peter Rogers joined, as always, by the master of sources, headboard aficionado, Jimmy Graham's cornhole partner, and the future ring bearer at Aaron Rodgers and Danica Patrick's wedding, Jordan Smith, along with the number two Walter Sobchak and number one Tarzan. Hashtag free the stash. Super Bowl 49 was a weird game for me. The man, the myth, the legend, Ginger Nick. Guys, how are we doing today? Good, man, good. I'm putting all that stuff on my LinkedIn. Just (laughs) (laughs) jotting down notes. (laughs) <laughs> that's what it's there for um breaking news you guys hopefully you all heard that we got traps baby i can't believe clark's not here i know yeah i know he knew we talked about this on uh, on on Thursday's podcast about the potential of this uh, coming to fruition. But I know it's a sad day that he's not able to fully experience the first day of drops. But this is this is big. This is a big moment for this podcast as now uh, it, it slows down or makes my editing a lot easier post production. And also we get to do live drops, which is always fun as opposed to me posting it all in after the fact. So anything to make it easier. I mean, yeah. editing is just tedious work sometimes. Well, and, and now we just we're just like a, a real a real podcast. Um also still, still gotta edit out our cussing though. Still gotta edit out the cussing. We don't have a, a have a, a playback so that I can do that live, but that's all right. Uh also breaking news, there's a live action Pokemon movie coming out. And Ryan Reynolds is Pikachu because Pikachu can talk. I heard that that was happening like a, a while ago with Ryan Reynolds, but I didn't know it would be this soon. So I was a little bit shocked when I saw him post that on Twitter. Yeah, I I, I had a whole whirlwind of emotions. Uh, and I, and I, I, I'm still trying to figure out exactly how I feel about this. On the one hand, I'm like, yeah, live action Pokemon movie. It's about freaking time. On the other hand, I'm like, oh, but Pikachu is not supposed to talk. And it's going to be Deadpool and a tiny little Pikachu body. That's all I'm going to be able to think of for the whole movie. Is he like wearing a costume? What do you mean live action? CGI. Yeah. Yep. Nick, not a costume. Your first thought in today's day and age of technology. <laughs> is he wearing a costume? I don't know the way you phrased it. I'm blaming you. Uh, uh, granted. Move on. Right. I would be totally on board for Ryan Reynolds to just wear a Pikachu costume for the entire movie. I feel a lot better. 
I think I think that's the direction that they should actually go. <laughs> Um, honestly I can't wait to not see this in theaters and just see how huge their Chinese box office is for this one because that's what it's going to be geared towards it's going to be enormous I I just because huh, it, it definitely plays at like the sentimental childhood heartstrings and like I'm all for a live action Pokemon movie it's just of course they like don't do it they're they're taking it in this kind of whole different direction where Pikachu is like a detective and the main male character is his dad was a cop who's dead possibly. And they got to solve that. But Pikachu can talk to him and he's the only person who he can talk to. Everyone else just serves Pika Pika. Uh, and and a part of me just kind of wants, why were, why did we not do a live action movie with uh, Ash Ketchum, Misty and Brock? Is this I think they're worried about M. Night Shyamalan. No, thank God. It's not M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> I think they're worried about it turning out like that Dragon Ball Z movie they did with Justin Chatwin. Like that would have destroyed the movie brand for years and years to come, just like they did with Dragon Ball Z. It's totally shattered. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, that so they're just decided to just completely have none of the same character or none of the original anime characters, but introduce a whole bunch of new characters and have the OG Pokemon. Yeah, that's good insight, Jordan. I was just like, I was like, man, if they're gonna do this, let's do this right. But who knows? That's not to say this isn't bad. It was a this was a weird uh, uh, day for sentimental movie trailers and teasers because not only did the Pikachu Detective movie trailer come out, but there's also a teaser for Toy Story Four, which oh yes, oh man. Not mentally prepared for that. I thought they were past four at this point. No, 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 no. They just finished three, and and now they're on four. And and evidently, everything I've read is like Tom Hanks and Tim Allen were both like the end of Toy Story four will make you cry. And I was like, did you guys watch Toy Story three? What what did that make you do? Like, <laughs> I think I stopped at one. Nicholas, did you have a child? Do you are you do you just born at the age of twenty seven, and you're just have only grown two years since then? Yeah, it's like Mrs. Trunchbull. <laughs> she was never a child. She was just the principal of Matilda. <laughs> I am the Trunchbull. Put that in my intro. <laughs> perfect, perfect. The Trunchbull. Uh, that, that'll be in for next week. <laughs> um, well, there you go. An emotional morning for at least myself in terms of nostalgia and, and live action movies or, or movies that are coming to fruition with uh, with characters who I hold near and dear. I am not mentally if, – if Toy Story 4 is supposed to end and conclude in a way that's even more emotionally uh, draining and taxing than Toy Story 3, I'm just not – I won't make it out of the theater. I'll literally die in my seat. There's no way I'll survive a more emotionally, uh, emotionally impact ending than what Toy Story 3 ended with. Yeah, Toy Story 3, that theater was just super, like, dusty, and somebody was cutting onions, and it was, I don't know, misty all around. I don't I don't know what the deal was. That yeah. theater specifically, I think. Her theater specifically, that was yeah. just, that had not cleaned recently, and there's a lot of dust in the air aggravating your, your tear ducts. Yeah, it was allergy season, too, so oh, it was just a bad combination. <laughs> Speaking of dust and everything, do you guys see all of these people in face masks at this game and how they just flash that graphic of just oh, because of horribly right, polluted right. air? We're now quickly we're now quickly cutting to actual football conversation. We can go back to crying if you want. No, well, no, it's, it's because of all the wildfires, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's insane. That's that's crazy. If I was, I would say uh, quickly to the listeners, like 
uh, I think there's a whole bunch of ways that you could donate to like Red Cross and, and, and uh, emergency relief and all that kind of stuff. And I'm sure the Monday night broadcast is, is announcing a bunch of those since this, this is in San Francisco, but uh, go do that because those wildfires are crazy uh, growing on in California. I just texted one of my friends who lives out there to make sure she was okay. And she was just like, yeah, it's no fun to be outside. It's like disgusting. I was like, That's oh awful. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, football implications with it, too. I mean, not to minimize the uh, conversation only to football, but with the Rams, they had a lot of they have, they're having a lot of situations happen right now where they have employees who have homes that are uh, in the line of uh, danger. Like if the winds change and they're I mean, they're heading to Mexico City to take on the Chiefs this weekend and they all wanted to get out of town to go to Colorado to train for the high altitude for the week but they're not able to do that now just because like i think i heard that like 55 employees or so are just having effects like wow. from the fire and, and danger it's terrible yeah that is well thoughts out to everyone in cali um also feel free to keep me updated on monday night football because in order to win this week in order to beat clark in the rb1 league uh i need to have a 50 point performance from uh odell beckham and robbie gold combined so i feel like the, and and george kittle can't get anything more than one point so i need a lot of george kittle well if you need a lot of george kittle then i need a lot of odell beckham plus a lot of george kittle uh scoring so that odell beckham basically is george kittle and odell combined and then robbie gold also crazy thought and then we'll finally get into actually what's on the docket for today uh gold robbie gold right spelled like could with a g Yes. <laughs> like why 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 isn't that pronounced like I don't even know how you would pronounce that. Good? I guess. Gold. 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 Yeah, but like would and could and should and all of those things, you don't really pronounce the L. You just end it with the D. So it'd be good. I was going more for the U. Gold. Gold. Oh, but I guess they do the L too. Right. It's weird. I'm I'm being very Wisconsin, so I'm pronouncing the first three letters like Gouda and then just Take the LD Gould. <laughs> I mean, that's how it is. I think it's Robbie Gould. Oh, Gould. Gould. Robbie Gould. Uh, anyways, that was my dilemma today because I was typing it out because uh, I was sending a tweet and I was just like, wow, that is, that's really how you spell Robbie Gould. Um, but, anyways, so there's my thing. Uh, all right. We got football on the docket. We're going to talk about it. I promise. Uh, we're going to hand out the week You Help No One Award for week 11. Um, and then the crux of the podcast, we're going to be talking about players who you can ride to a fantasy championship. We're getting close to that time in the playoffs. The playoffs are just around the corner for, for most everyone, uh, especially if you have like one of the leagues that I am in. We decided that having your last game of the championship be on week 17, where a lot of like top players get rested, was stupid. So we kind of pushed the whole uh, playoffs one game forward, one week forward. So if you're like that, Week playoffs start uh, after this week. Week twelve they start. So, anyways, they're close. So we're going to talk about players who you can trust and 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 uh, get onto your squad and ride through the playoffs. So, but we'll start with uh, the you help no one nominees for week eleven, uh, which is actually week ten. I have it in my no- notes as week eleven, but it's week ten. Uh, and we'll start with the number one nominee. Uh, we have Kareem Hunt, who had sixteen attempts for seventy-one yards, two receptions, and twenty-five yards. Cam Newton, who did a whole bunch of nothing on prime time, 193 passing yards for two touchdowns with an interception and only 10 yards rushing. 
Tyler Boyd is our third nominee who is unable to uh, kind of step out from behind AJ Green's injury. Uh, he had three receptions for 65 yards. Mike Evans has done a whole bunch of nothing with uh, Fitzmagic back. Back in the issue, sucked too. He had three receptions for 51 yards. And our final nominee for this week, you help no one, the Jets defense, who played the Buffalo Bills, but still somehow managed to give up 41 points uh, and only had one sack against them. Nicholas, uh, this week, who is your uh, nominee for you? So I wanted to go with Tyler Boyd because I think he burned a lot of, uh, you know, uh, playoff hopefuls, or at least people who are trying to climb out of the basement because you probably burn an early waiver pick on him to get him, and then he put up a, a dud. I mean, a lot of people had him as a wide receiver one. But uh, speaking of wide receiver ones, it's going to be Mike Evans for me again this week. It was last week, too. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on because this week, Cutter took back play-calling duties from Todd Monken, which was stupid because Todd Monken is going to be the Seattle Seahawks head coach in a year or two and it's gonna be awesome but that dude's a wizard and Cutter sucks and he should not have done that but even so Evans still put up a dud last week while Cutter or while uh while uh, Monken was still calling play so I don't know what's going on there but if you were banking on him as your you know first or second round pick he's let you down in crunch time and so anyway Mike Evans for me out there yeah he's been he's been uh he's been he's been a big letdown and and it's the last thing that you want from your wide receiver one heading into the playoffs right you're fighting for like position and jockeying to make sure you, either you're trying to get in you're you're already in you're trying to stay on top of the league the last thing you need is mike evans to just fall off a cliff and give you absolutely nothing jordan who's your nominee for this week um well i kind of went in a different direction i went with cam newton um largely because the past four weeks or so um he's been putting up like well over 20 points per contest and he was entering into the mvp conversation like everybody was really excited about cam newton um of course he wasn't elevated over the likes of like drew Brees and uh todd Gurley and pat mahomes but he was at least in there people were talking about him but with his performance against the steelers i feel like that just completely grinded to a halt nobody's talking about cam newton as an mvp this week and um, I, I think with just 193 passing yards and um, only 10 rushing yards, you'd think he would be able to supplement that. He needs to supplement that for his fantasy value that it just probably burned a lot of people. Well, and the fact that the Pittsburgh defense hasn't been, I mean, I know it's gotten better this throughout the season, but there's still like a defense that you can uh, take advantage of. It's It was definitely a, a poor outing on Cam Newton's part. And you thought you'd get more garbage time points as well because the Steelers put up 52 points like I need to throw in that case like come on Cam I fully agree I couldn't believe when when all of the starters were out there with like eight minutes left in the game I I own Funches and McCaffrey and Funches burned the hell out of me but it was like okay I don't care get them off the field yeah especially McCaffrey because McCaffrey if he gets injured they just released CJ Anderson uh who who's their running back (laughs) behind Christian McCaffrey. I mean, there's is it still Fozzie. Is it Fozzie? No. Fozzie Whitaker, one of the best football names of all it time. It is. It uh, is. Along with Frosty Rucker, but it actually might be uh Cameron Artis Payne. Um, but nonetheless, like the number of leagues, the number of teams that an injury to to uh Christian McCaffrey in garbage time 
would have just ended. My my season would have ended from one of my leagues because Christian McCaffrey has been balling out and the schedule for the Panthers is extraordinary heading through the playoffs for running backs. So that injury would be brutal. Uh, my nominee for this week is Kareem Hunt. Uh, and that's because, A, he not only uh, impacted one of my teams, but B, because we've seen this before from Kareem Hunt. Like, this is exactly what happened last year was Kareem Hunt started the season with just insanity, you know, was taking the league over by storm, ran enough that basically for the, you know, weeks 10 through whatever, 13 or 14 last year, he could just kind of take him off and still finish the top of the league in rushing. And the last thing you want to see is him to do that again this year when you need him for the playoffs. So Kareem Hunt, you're my nominee for you help no one this week. Yeah, if he's not involved in the passing game and it doesn't look like he was only two catches for 25 yards, then his his value feels like it's pretty stagnant because they're they're a team that's going to try to you know step on the throat and finish right. teams by continuing to throw. So they're not just going to run the clock out with Kareem Hunt. That's not Andy Reid style. So if he's not involved in the passing game, then it's just a tough look for our guy. Agreed. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Um, I think we'll be back this week, though. I think so too. Like, I, I hope track me down there. on the list, Kareem. Like, don't don't make this a re- reoccurring theme, like Mike Evans or uh, Jordan Howard earlier in the season. <sighs> Seems like a year ago. Seems a long time ago. Um. All right, and now if we turn to FakeTeams.com, where we had a poll up all day to see who you all thought was the least helpful um the least helpful performance for week 10 winner this week is The Jets defense for giving up 41 points to the Bills. <laughs> because of course, of course, the Jets. Of course, the the the, the defense that was giving you was scoring all of the points, right? That any defense facing the Bills was going to was giving you RB1 starting caliber point product point output. Of course, the Jets uh failed to do that and give you actually negative three points against the Buffalo Bills. Against Matt Barkley, who hasn't even first game. First game back for the for in the NFL, so there you go. Way to go, Jets! You you fully deserve that uh, that moniker of helping no one this week. Well done. It's so weird that Matt Barkley is the best Bills quarterback since Jim Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> All did you guys pro. see? Did you guys see the video he put out when he announced that he was starting? Oh my God! Like, he put out a video no, I like way way too close to the camera. Oh, Matt I'm Matt Barkley, starting quarterback for the Buffalo Bills, and this train just keeps on rolling. Oh, no. Oh, it's really bad. <laughs> Please take a lap, Matt Barkley. <laughs> oh, boy. That is less than less than good. Um, okay, now let's talk about the crux of the podcast, talk, crux of the show. Uh, players who you can ride to a fantasy championship. So like I said earlier, getting close to the playoffs, and these are the guys who you can reliably trust uh, for the rest of the season. Now, I will say, and I don't know, I can't speak for both of you guys, uh, but I will say for myself, I for the most part wanted to pick guys who you could either add off waivers or maybe you kind of have had stashed on your ro- on your roster. And I'm, and I'm not going to say like, 
add off waivers as these guys are like, you know, whatever, 12% owned. So I guess I do have a couple guys who are around that. So I, I'm being an idiot. But there's also like, you know, maybe someone is whatever, 60% owned, but is possibly available in your league. That's someone to go out, target, and get. Uh, it's dumb to say like Antonio Brown is going to lead you to a championship because, of course, he is. Let's not be idiots here. Uh, Jordan, let's start off with you. Um, so, yeah, I I mean, I picked two guys, but only one of them is really somebody that you can add off of waivers. And um, that's Marquez Valdez-Scantling, uh, Green Bay's very own. He's only 64% owned in uh, ESPN leagues. Um, if you've been stashing him, I would say he's a pretty safe uh, flex play. I've had a couple people ask me about him and whether or not he's safe to play. And at this point, I think he's just as reliable as a flex as they come. Um, so he scored double digit PPR points in five straight games, um, even with a buy in there. Um, and he's been averaging seven targets per game over those um, last five. So I feel like he's just really starting to gain Aaron Rodgers's trust as like at least the number two wide receiver, maybe his floor is, or yeah, his floor would be like the wide receiver three for the Packers at this point. And Rogers has applauded his route running as being improved. So he's not just a burner, even though that's what you like to see out of somebody who's six foot four and can just climb the ladder to catch passes. Um, he only has two touchdowns, but he, I mean, even still, putting up double digit points without those touchdowns is pretty good. And if he does find the end zone, then that's um, just seems to be like icing on the cake at this point. And yeah, I'm all aboard the MVS train and I'm really excited for him to be in green and gold for a few more years. I'm so excited about him. I saw Evan Silla describe him as what we wanted Martavis Bryant to be. And I, I freaking love it. I know you were just saying like his, his route running is, is sick. Uh, he's more than just a four, three, six foot, whatever burner, but I, I'm, I'm stoked. And, and I, I love seeing Rogers look at him in, in crunch time, just like launching 20 yard bombs at the guy. He's mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. I love that pick. I talked about him on, on Thursday's podcast when we were breaking down the Packers uh, Dolphins game. Cause he was, he was one of my starts for that game because after watching him play, I mean, he terrified me on Sunday night when they played the, uh, the Patriots it was just anytime Rodgers looked his way, I was like, all right, well, this is going to be either a catch or it's going to be a pass interference. Um, and then, of course, I should have known that this would lead to Corey Davis going off against the Patriots on Sunday, which was a preposterous thing. Um, but I love it. I love the pick. If you can get him on your in your league, uh, if he's available, snag him. If you've had him on your bench, like I think you can start pretty reliably starting him uh, because Rodgers is, you know, like you were saying, Jordan, He's become he's becoming one of Rodgers' go-to guys, uh, and and the wide receiver, the second wide receiver in the Packers' offense, is always going to have fantasy value. Yeah, and um, I mean there are still a few more teams that are going to be on buy on a buy in this upcoming week, and the Packers don't have to play on Thanksgiving this year, so I always feel like Thanksgiving games are a little bit wonky. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think he's a pretty solid flex play if you're feeling a little spunky. Which, uh, which is just meaning that that Lions game is going to be absurd because the Lions just in and of themselves are a little wonky. And then playing on Thursday is going to be extra wonky. So that'll be fun to watch. So my first guy is building off of, he's an ex-packer, uh, building off of what you were saying, Jordan. You know, we're Eddie kinda, Lacey. Eddie Lacey. Come Jordy and Nelson. Get him on your team right now. P90X. Uh, no, it's Ty Montgomery. And I feel dirty picking anyone on the Ravens offense because I've like mildly sworn them off on Twitter. But running backs don't rely on Joe Flacco. And that's kind of who I've uh, 
had had my patience tested with. Uh, plus, the Ravens' schedule is just too friendly for the rest of the season for running backs to pass to pass on uh, anyone. So their final six games are versus the Bengals, who just fired the defensive coordinator, the Raiders, lol, at Falcons, at Chiefs, versus the Bucks, another lol, and then at Chargers. Uh, I we haven't seen Ty Montgomery in the Ravens' offense, and who knows kind of exactly what role he will have, but. We've seen Danny Woodhead had success in the Ravens offense before as a similar kind of pass catching, small, quick, athletic uh, running back. We've seen um, for a hot sec, Kenneth Dixon have success. And I really just, I like the potential of what he could bring. He's only owned in 14% of Yahoo leagues, so he's readily available. I think that the change of scenery is going to do a lot for him. He had really good flashes in Green Bay. And I think now he's going to a team that wants to run the football. They're determined to run the football. They've had pretty good success doing it. And I think you're going to plug him in. And he's just got such a cushy schedule for running backs. I could see him as someone who could win you a fantasy championship this year. No. No. <laughs> Jordan won't allow a, an ex-Packer bringing any kind of success to you. No, I mean, uh, best of luck to Ty Montgomery, but I think he was, I think ultimately he's going to be stuck in the same role with the Ravens as he was with the Packers. Just that third string running back that you just are like, please stop taking carries away from Alex Collins and Buck Allen. Like, please just give it to those two and stop trying to get all gimmicky with Ty Montgomery. I, granted, this this isn't Mike McCarthy coaching the Ravens, and that always annoyed me about him, but I, I don't know. I wouldn't pick up tie myself that might just be my personal bias though so i i think that ty montgomery will take uh buck allen's job uh so i'm i'm into this especially for ppr leagues but i I, we have an interesting development going on here this week i think rb1 stands for ravens comma baltimore because my first pick is alex collins oh whoa so Actually, I, I'm just going to blow the lid off and do these both at the same time because it makes yep. too much sense. The other one is Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Joe Flacco's hip is apparently out of whack. I've seen conflicting reports about its health, but uh, Jason LaConfora today reported that there's a good chance that Jackson gets the, the keys to the offense as they come out of the bye next week. When you get a rushing quarterback into an, in, into an offense – the, the, the bell cow backs value shoots way up because now defenders have to account for the quarterback and the running back as, as running threats. You've got Marty Mordingwig and Greg Roman, uh, guys who have worked with Michael Vick and Colin Kaepernick running that offense. They know how to use, pardon me, but running quarterbacks. And that's exactly what Lamar Jackson is. And he's got a cannon for an arm, which also sets up well for Smokey Brown, but we're only doing two players. So anyway... Um, I, the entire Ravens team. Yeah, well, literally everyone go, go. Yeah, because as you mentioned, their 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 schedule: Cincinnati, Oakland, ATL, KC, Tampa Bay, Chargers. What? Like, come on, that's amazing. That's a killer end of the season schedule. So, if you got Alex Collins, he's been sitting on your bench all year, and he has scored over the last uh, four games. He scored four times. Not a lot of yardage. So people are looking at him, they're going, we know the touchdowns are going to fall off. But if Jackson comes in, you might be able to find an owner who's kind of sleeping on him right now, trade for him if your deadline has not passed yet. And if you still have him, feel okay. He, he, I, think, I think Alex Collins is going to start producing. And Lamar Jackson, man, all you need is one. And all of a sudden he's putting up at least like 
you know, decent running back numbers. And he's just got to throw for a little bit to, to, to buoy that. So he's, I, I'm, he's going to be in my, my waiver wire quarterback piece this week. I think Lamar Jackson has an insanely high floor. If he gets the starting jobs, obviously it's a gamble. Uh, he's got an insanely high floor and I'm going to go all the way out and say this. I think that he could come close to 2017 Deshaun Watson numbers. He, he's gonna run all over the place man i think i so actually i was going to bring up deshaun watson too because i think it, it could be a similar situation where one of the things that made deshaun watson so successful last year was obviously his mobility but also because he came in mid-season and defenses had no idea how to like defend against him and his athletic ability and his ability to throw the ball and all of that kind of stuff plus and we're and, and and this is my this is my pitch for why Lamar Jackson could take that starting gig for the rest of the season. John Harbaugh's butt is on fire right now. Yeah, it is. Like it, he is going to get fired at the end of this year if the Ravens don't like show something. And I think if Lamar Jackson comes in for an injured Joe Flacco and puts up even just a mildly exciting performance that returns this offense to like some level of explosion where you're like, oh shit, this could be something that, you know, is a puts butts in seats and B like challenge, take advantage of shitty defenses and be able to put points on the board and trust our defense, which has been hit or miss this season, but it's at, at, at its core is a very good defense. Like, I think that's the way John Harbaugh saves his butt is, is being able to ride Lamar Jackson hype train all the way to the end of the season. And so I think Lamar Jackson's going to have a pretty long leash. If he shows anything, I think if he's garbage, they're going to just trot out the corpse of Joe Flacco and be like, you know, try to hobble around and make plays. But if he looks at anything like a competent first round quarterback, I think he's in for the rest of the season. I totally agree. And I think it's, it's so damn perfect that they have, been working on red zone packages for the guy all year long like they can they can ride the running backs and a few shots to john brown all the way down the field and when when he gets into the red zone he's look i mean he's a rookie so he's going to be a bit out of sorts but as comfortable as you can be as a rookie quarterback starting in week 12 in the red zone he's there he's there so anyway uh, yeah man lamar jackson alex collins i really like this baltimore offense down the stretch if Jackson gets the keys. Yeah, I I am in the camp of him absolutely getting the starting job, Lamar Jackson, that is, because John Harbaugh, like you said, Pete, his his butt is on fire right now. His seat is hot. Um, and I would also say that he has a built-in excuse. You know, Flacco has a hip injury. Um, right. That's something that we could look at and be like, oh, okay, it's a, it's a hip injury. It could not be serious. It could be completely serious and require surgery, but they don't have to tell us that. And he has a built-in excuse to buy himself some more time, um, you know, have that rookie QB excuse to give yourself an extra season with him. Um, I don't think Lamar Jackson has quite the deep ball that Deshaun Watson already does have um, or already did have last year when he started. But I think what you could be looking at is a situation like the Miami Dolphins a couple years ago when they just started gashing people with the Wildcat because people didn't know how to react to it. And with the teams that they have left on their schedule, we're talking the Chargers are maybe the only good defense that they have left to face. Like they could be in some trouble, those other teams that is, by not understanding how to stop Lamar Jackson because, I mean, we've seen them 
for a few plays here and there, mostly in the red zone, but he's been super effective on those plays and teams haven't figured out how to stop it just yet. Like, do you honestly believe John Gruden is going to have the Raiders defense prepared to handle Lamar, Lamar Jackson? No, it's just going to be like running around like headless chickens. I think everybody has that game in Oakland circled on their calendar. It's just like a, Okay, like we have to go all the way to the East Coast to play against this quarterback that's going to run all around the field. Screw that. I don't want to do that. We're one and eight right now. <laughs> Probably one and nine by the time they play. Yeah. That uh that Oakland beat report, I, I'm blanking on his name, but he, he was talking about being in the locker room after last weekend and two veterans were walking out. One of them turned to the other one and said, I gotta get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Jordy yeah. did. <laughs> that was <laughs> Jordy says he's out. Um, all right, let's move on. My second guy, uh, I, for my second one, I wanted to target a position that's given everyone trouble in fantasy this year, uh, and that is the tight end position. Uh, productive tight end down the stretch could be a championship difference. Uh, and the guy to look at is Vance McDonald, who I know Jordan has talked about on this podcast a few times. Uh, he's having a very underrated season. He's still just above 50% ownership despite being 13th in total scoring in PPR and like what we were talking about all with the Ravens and like probably most people on this list, his schedule is a cakewalk in five of their final seven games. The Steelers face defenses that are in the bottom 10 and allowing points to tight ends. The Jags this week who are giving up the sixth most points Broncos in week 12, 10th most Raiders in week 14, fourth most Patriots in week 15, third most and if you're lucky enough to have a meaningful game in week 17 if your season goes all the way to 17 they play the Bengals fifth most so like he he has the opportunity of possibly being the best tight end in fantasy for these last six weeks of football and if you've got him on your squad start him if he's available in your league which he is in almost 50 percent of leagues Get him right now, and I think he could be a huge difference maker, especially if you're going up against people who don't have – I mean, it's basically like a, a – it's very top-heavy, the tight end position this year. Um, and so if you've got that guy who's being able to consistently perform in that position, that's a huge advantage for you for the rest of the season. Yeah, I love it, um, especially going against all those juicy defenses that he can just feast on as a tight end. Um, I think the Steelers are really – I mean – Last week, they just torched Carolina, but Thursday games are always just hard to gauge. Um, I think that's a confidence builder for them where they kind of figure out what this offense wants to be. Uh, We know for sure that Le'Veon Bell isn't going to come back this year, so you don't have to worry about any sort of drastic changes coming down the pipeline. And for some weird reason, they still don't know what to do with my guy, James Washington, their rookie wide receiver. I'm reading here. He played 46 snaps compared to Juju Smith Schuster's 42, but they still don't like, he didn't have a target last week. So uh, they still don't know what to do with him. Um, But Vance McDonald, they know what they have there. And I mean, Ben Roethlisberger is still looking his way. Maybe it's a, a trust thing. So as far as pass catching goes, it's Brown Juju, and then, you know, Vance McDonald, maybe James Conner coming out of the backfield, but you don't have to worry about a third receiver stepping up, it looks like. I'm super into this, man. This is an awesome call, and I, I am a sucker for looking uh, looking at those future matchups. So it's impossible, it's impossible to, like, look at those and just be – and, like, not get super hyped, especially the fact that 14, 15, and 17 are all against bottom five defenses against tight ends. 
It's like, oh my God, could you ask for a better playoff stretch? You really can't. And at a position that has just been so volatile this year. And and if you like, if your opponent happened to have stumbled upon Eric Ebron or, you know, drafted George Kittle and is able being able to ride those, great. But if they've had Gronk and they've had to like deal with that, if they've had, I mean, Travis Kelsey had an off game last week and has had a couple of off games this season. Like there, there are guys who they could have a couple of bad weeks. And I will happily take the advantage of someone who is having just perfect matchups uh for the entire playoff stretch can't argue against that jordan who's your last guy um so my last guy is just obviously somebody people are going to own like 100 percent across all leagues is melvin gordon um i just wanted to talk about him uh specifically to reassure some fantasy owners and maybe strike fear into some others who might have some running backs that they consider better than melvin gordon uh particularly todd Gurley and alvin kamara owners Um, just because i think melvin gordon is going to be um the back out of those three even if you throw in somebody like saquon barkley and possibly even kareem hunt the chargers are still going to be battling for a playoff position at the end of the year so you know melvin gordon is probably still going to be playing i don't know if the rest of those teams are and the giants are so bad you don't know if uh, saquon barkley is going to make it to the end of the year healthy or just get benched because they don't want to put that kind of mileage on them. Um, so I'm, I'm liking Melvin Gordon and Melvin Gordon, Gordon owners should feel like they're comfortable if they have trade deadlines coming up, not to, you know, bail on somebody that's or bail on Melvin Gordon in order to get somebody who might be producing at the end of the year in the playoffs. Um, in his upcoming schedule leading up to week 16, Um, He plays Denver, who's 21st in DVOA against the Rush. Um, Arizona, who's sneaky 12th, but I feel like you don't have to worry about Arizona that much. Um, Pittsburgh, who's 14. Um, Cincinnati, 27th. And then in that possible championship week, he's going against Kansas City, who is dead last in DVOA against the Rush. Oh, oh, wait, I might have actually got that wrong because I have Baltimore here too. Baltimore might be week 17. Um, Who is a stout defense, but... Uh, we talked about them handing the keys over to Lamar Jackson. And if Lamar Jackson struggles and they have trouble sustaining drives, that means their defense is going to be on the field a lot. And that could lead to them starting to slip up as Plus, well. Hopefully this is exact. I mean, like hopefully your league ends on week 16, because this is an exact situation where you'd want your league to end on 16 because the chargers likely because of that cushy schedule are going to be winning a bunch of games and they'll probably rest Melvin Gordon in week 17. So it'll be an Austin Eckler game. And this is why, Everyone, PSA, seasons end week 16. Make it happen. Yep. So Baltimore uh, is week 16. I, I stopped myself before they played Denver again in week 17. So if you're lucky for week 17, then there you go. But yeah, I, Make your weeks go to week but, 17. But it's, it's still nice because he, he, even though that's a tough defense, he's still locked in for RB1 usage. And those are both teams that could, that could be duking it out for the wild card spot. So – I love this is an awesome pick. I had not gone that deep on on uh, playoff analysis yet. That's awesome, Jordan. Melvin Gordon starting against even the number one defense against the rush is better than somebody who might not be playing by week 16. So, oh, 100 percent. That's that's the caveat there. And I'm all aboard it. Well done. I also in the similar vein of of a running back who you are uh, not going to be able to get anywhere. But if you have him, ride him. Uh, Jordan, our boy David Johnson has 
the easiest remaining schedule for running backs and is finally getting used at an acceptable route level. And I am for one very excited about seeing this Cardinals offense and maybe just mainly just David Johnson uh, scorch for the rest of the season. His targets have spiked since Byron Leftwich took over and it's terrific. It's great. Even Rosen looks good. Do you want to hear, you want to hear their, their, uh, their remaining schedule? It's the Raiders, the Chadges, the Packers, the Lions, the Falcons, the Rams, and the Seahawks. I am so aboard that schedule. That's sick. I love it. He's going to struggle against the Packers, but otherwise, I love it. <laughs> but otherwise, he's going to be uh, a perfect play for the rest of the rest of the year. So there you go. Those are some guys who, if you have them on your squad or if they're available in your waiver wire league or uh, waiver wire, you should go get them ASAP. Um, because they are all primed to have big playoff pushes and could win you ultimately a championship. Uh, before we go, do you guys have any uh, waiver wire ads specifically, maybe not exactly for the entire playoffs having good value, but just for this upcoming week? Uh, Nicholas, you are nodding your head. Do you have someone that you want to talk about? I had one sort of uh, uh, deep cut kind of a guy, uh, Josh Adams. He's taking over as the Philadelphia Eagles lead running back. His snap count is uh, rising in the 10 to 15% range in each of the last three weeks. Uh, Doug Peterson said he's going to get more touches. I think he had like 45 yards last week, but the guy's the best running back in the Philly offense. And over the next few weeks, that's going to be big. So go get him. I would like everyone to, and it might sound absurd and ridiculous, but uh, they have a bye this week because the whole AFC East has a bye this week. But Zay Jones for the Buffalo Bills. The first time Matt Barkley comes in and actually uh, is a quarterback for them. The uh, Jones leads the team in targets and has uh, 93 yards and a touchdown on eight catches. So who knows if that's consistent, but it's the first game they had with Barkley. Barkley clearly was targeting him. The offense was clearly looking to go through Zay Jones. Zay Jones has talent. He's a first round wide receiver. If he's putting it together with Matt Barkley, I'll throw him, I'll stash him and see what he can do. So he's someone, he's 1% owned. So you can even like keep an eye on him through the bye. Uh, and if you need to have someone who's got, you know, want, wanting to play a good matchup, he's someone to keep eyes on. You're a madman and I love it. I know. I'm crazy. I'm all about it. I'm now fully invested in the Bills, baby. Matt Barkley for life! Uh, Jordan, you have anyone? Um, well, I talked about this guy before, and as some QBs start to struggle, this guy is starting to rise up the ranks for me. Um, he has a bye week, but this past Sunday, he was feeling dangerous they against the Atlanta Falcons. I'm talking about Baker Mayfield. He's only 40% owned in ESPN League, so he still might be available for you. Um, and now that he has Nick Chubb running behind him, I think that things are going to start to open up um, for that offense, especially since Nick Chubb is a pretty darn good pass-catching running back as well. Um, when they come out of the bye after Week 11, they play Cincinnati, um, Houston, Carolina, Denver, um, Cincinnati again, and then the week 17 God, is at Baltimore. But Cincinnati, that is that is ha having two games at the injury prone Cincinnati Bengals is very tasty, especially since they just fired their defensive coordinator today. Um, yeah, Baker Mayfield, I think he might be pretty darn good the rest of the way. Hey, let it be known, man, Baker's been on my waiver wire QB piece for four weeks running. I I have been riding him the last two weeks in one of my leagues and been very, awesome. very happy. Hell yeah. And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. He's a dangerous <laughs> Oh, yeah. 
There it is. That's how you get that drops. That's how you use that soundboard to just constantly throw up the Baker Mayfield. Dangerous! We weren't able to either smooth, smoothly add Quentin Nelson, his soundbite in there. Quentin Nelson scream and yell. Uh, guys, give me a quick update on Monday Night Football. As Odell Beckham, has he gotten me 50 fantasy points yet? Scored a touchdown. Yes! Oh, we're only like a quarter of the way there. Hey, Pete, is there anything else we needed to do? Oh, yes, there is something that we needed to do. So, peeling back the onion curtain, Nicholas re- comes to our, our, our pre-game notes, pre-show notes, and is like, hey, guys, um, so I'm totally down to talk about players, but I, uh, this weekend, was a good, responsible person. I was DJing, and uh, someone gave me an ice, and I couldn't do it. Uh, should I just, like, do it on the podcast? And I was like, oh, Nick, I mean, if you want to, I don't want to peer pressure you. <laughs> Jordan's like, do it! Do it! I hear you! Uh, so, for everyone at home who can't watch this but can just hear it, uh, Nicholas is going to chug an podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, this, this is for my asshole friend, Tucker, who put it in my shoe. Uh, Tucker, you are, sound like an asshole. And you put it in shoe. I love you, Tucker. (laughs) This is prime podcasting right here. Crap, that was quick. That's one of the things that you learn when you do this as the job. You realize that visual things like uh, like uh, dancing, chugging, uh, uh, facial expressions all translate really well in an audio-based medium. <laughs> Was that fast enough for you to gift, though? Uh, very possibly. We'll make sure, <laughs> make sure that out there. Don't worry. Don't worry. Our social media team is... <laughs> we pay them well. Uh Anything else on people's dockets that they want to talk about? Actually, yeah, I've, I got a PSA. So nice. we're, we're at the, the point in the season where some teams might already be out of it. Maybe you're, maybe you're not, but maybe you're right there, and you're feeling like, ah, do I really need to set my lineup this week? Yes, you do. You made a season-long commitment. Do not bail on your gang now. Um, I, 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 I'm starting to see it in a couple leagues, and one – victory uh, might end up costing me a playoff spot and i am so upset about it so please 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 continue to set your lineups be active on the waiver wire P- do your part participate does that league have a have like a sacco tournament no we just got a lot of money on it uh see that's what you need you need to have like a sacco punishment so that that way people actively stay engaged because that's what we have in in our league and that way people really the people who stop giving an f are like the middle <laughs> the top, you're all fighting for a content- for a playoff contention, and then the bottom is all trying not to die and survive, so that you don't have to you don't have to do our punishment. But then the middle, the middle, uh, just kind of futz around. That's a we great have, idea. We have incentives in one league to continue setting your lineup week in and week out. We have um, a fifteen dollar. Uh, I guess bonus for the person that gets the high score week to week. So oh. that that helps keep people involved. Even if you're, you know, one in eight at this point, you, you can still surprise and get some, get some money back. I really like that. Speaking of big fantasy performances, Holy crap. I had 
if you're talking about scoring wise in standard scoring, because we're now on the part of the podcast where we just talk about our own personal fantasy teams, uh, because this is what people come here to listen for, not our advice, but just our self-congratulations and, and pats on the back. Uh in a, in a basic standard league, at if if freaking ESPN would load, I could tell you what my score is currently at. A uh, hundred. Oh wait, wrong league. There it is. One hundred and sixty five points because I had David Johnson, Christian McCaffrey, and Nick Chubb uh, all as my running backs, and they all posted very nice performances. Well so done. I- Good job, Pete. Uh, I'm sorry to steal your thunder, though, but I did just set the record. For one of my leagues for high scoring, we've been keeping track for like five years now. I currently am at 175 with Trubisky, Beckham, Devonte Adams, Chubb, McCaffrey, OJ Howard, Fournette, Elijah McGuire, Robbie Gould, and the Chargers. Well, I can tell you and assure you, the next drop that I add to our soundboard is a booing sound, <laughs> and it will get a lot of use from now on. Hey, dude! Ooh, first loser, sick though. Let me talk about one of my teams. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in one of my leagues, I dropped 160. But if I did the math, too, because I wanted to figure it out. If I had played my optimum lineup, I would have scored over 200. Because I had um, Eric Ebron and Nick Chubb on the bench. Holy shit. That's you, I, you still scored 160? Yeah. I My team balled out. Clearly. What can I say? <laughs> for you. Jesus. That is absurd. Clearly, we play in way too easy leagues. Or we know what we're doing, and that's why you listen to this podcast. Every <laughs> I mean, it uh, helped that Will Lutz scored 17. That's what I need Robbie Gold to do. I need Robbie Gold to give me a big ass game like that. He needs to. He needs to give me a solid 25 points. He needs to kick like four or five 50 yard field goals. That's what needs to happen for me to uh, to beat Clark in, in the RB1 league. Clark is an impossible beast to take down because he has Kamara and Chubb. And some other fools. It's and James Conner. His oh, team is God. so good. Damn you, Clark. And you're not on this show to defend yourself. It's perfect. Uh, well, there you go, everyone. What an excellent what an excellent time to be alive. Fantasy football podcast playoffs are just around the corner. We now have live, real-life sound drops. There's a Pokemon movie coming. And Toy Story 4. I don't know what more you could want in the world. Plus, you guys now all know our fantasy teams intimately. So, you're welcome. Uh, make sure to subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. Follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. Follow myself at PDM Rogers. Follow Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27. Nicholas. Follow at Ginger underscore underscore Nick without a K. We will be back into your beautiful ear holes uh, on Thursday to talk starts and sits for week 11. Until then, enjoy the remaining part of Monday Night Football slash Come out the day after. Um, <laughs> <laughs>